Could love our gracious queens Are true out just queens Their time has come United Queendom Hi everyone, hi chickens. This is our first ever episode of United Queendom. And the reason we're giving ourselves a big clap is because... We're amazing, that's why. <laughs> well, not yet, we'll see how this goes. But um, yeah, this, it was hard work getting here. Um, it's um, been a big build-up of months and I thought it would just be a case of recording the episode and whacking it up online. But actually, there's a lot more technical stuff involved, but luckily we've made it. Well, we have. We don't actually know yet, but we're assuming we've made it if you're <laughs> hearing this. <laughs> so um, we should introduce ourselves. My name's Ed Dyson. I like to think of myself as the biggest Drag Race fan in the whole world. And it's you are... It's a big are... claim. It's a big claim, Ed. Well, you can... can you back tell... it up, though? Oh, I'll back it up. You'll see. <laughs> back it up like a bunker truck. <laughs> <laughs> and you are... I'm Charlie Valentine. And... Essex through and through. And uh, we should explain how this podcast came to be. So um, I've wanted to do a podcast for years, but thought that no one would want to listen to me just chatting on about shit and thought it needed a hook, and needed a reason. Correct. As, <laughs> as soon as um, Drag Race UK was announced last year, which took a lot longer than I expected. I know, finally. I thought years ago, once it started getting bigger and bigger in America, this inevitable there's going to be a UK version. Well, the thing is, do you remember Jonathan Ross optioned the rights years ago? Do you want to hear the story? Yeah. yeah. What happened, Jonathan? Are you listening? I interviewed him and he was, um, it was my story when I used to work at the Daily Star oh, of him saying, <laughs> no one's bragging about working at the Daily Star. Trust me. <laughs> and um, we did the story of like, Jonathan Ross is going to bring Drag Race to the UK. And that was like six years ago. And yeah. You let us down, Jonathan. And RuPaul even did an event. Um, he came over to the UK and I interviewed him. That is an actual brag. Oh. And um, he did an uh, event where him and Katie Price judged um, the UK Drag Ambassador, the oh, winner okay. of which is one the of the video. contestants, as we're going to get to. And yeah, the whole party just seemed like, right, this means that Drag Race UK is coming. And then... Anti-climax. Nothing. Don't you just hate it when people don't come on time? <laughs> That's the kind of show we're going to be. Welcome to the BBC. <laughs> but then finally, last year, it was, was it last year? Or was it this year? It was announced. Yeah, it was last October. They announced that they were going to be making it. And straight away, I thought, I have to make a podcast about it because there just simply are not enough. Drag there Race podcast. But you're the number one super fan. Verified. Official. <laughs> Verified by no one, but still. <laughs> and then the only issue was, I just couldn't think of anyone who was a fan of the show, who was gay, who was hilarious, who I could co- <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry, this Mate, is my coming out. <laughs> Straight acting non-scene. And then I started doing the um, comedy roast battles earlier in the year, which is... Um, a event where comedians get up on stage and say horrible things about each other and I've been saying horrible things about people my whole life so I knew it was perfect for me so I <laughs> took part in it and then um that's the night we met wasn't it Charlie? It was a fateful night it was <laughs> like <both> won. <laughs> we both did win look at us winners you won your roast battle I won mine but we only spoke brief do you even remember speaking that night? Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> that is a lie. If you could see Charlie's face right now, you could see that that was... I remember it. Possible. It was... <laughs> Wait, what did we say? It wasn't very... Well, so you'd come off stage and you just won. And I just said, well done. I love that. So I can see why you don't remember it. Especially when, when you come off stage at a roast battle, a, um, 
everyone, well, if you're me and Charlie, everyone comes up and compliments you. So I guess it's easy <laughs> to get lost in so, this. Yeah, there was so many compliments. I just don't remember which one came from who. Yeah. And then so, I remembered you and I just kept thinking, oh, I just think Charlie would be the perfect person to do this podcast with. And then I, um, oh, this you. is the first time I think I've ever used this phrase, but I, I slipped into your DMs. Is that right? Slip, slid? Slid. You, sl- you can it? slip. <laughs> That's what you accidentally. <laughs> you can slip into someone's DM. Um, and I was going to ask you, did you, when I slid into your DMs, think I was asking you on a date? No. Good. Because <laughs> that was my concern. I'm like, anytime you're randomly messaging a gay guy you don't know that well, like, they're just going to assume that you're asking them out. Sorry. But then I sent you this huge pitch about, like, I want to do... <laughs> huge pit. This huge, big, massive, throbbing pit about um, about the fact I wanted to do a UK podcast and it was a really long pitch and then at the end of it you just replied and went, yes! Like, well yeah, because I, I was sitting in Itsu having my sushi. Let's <laughs> go get her fish. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember reading it. I was on, a, I was on, a, I was on an away day at work. I love yeah. the fact you remember this momentous moment in your life. I do remember it. <laughs> It was on Euston Road. It was gorgeous. The ambience was gorgeous. <laughs> and then your life has changed forever. Exactly. And now we're here. But you said yes straight away. And then, yeah, that was a few months ago. And then we've been building it up and trying to get the word out there. And we, most importantly, got a producer. Woo! Which is Mr. Moon. Do you want hey, to say hey. hi, Moon? Hello. <laughs> now, I want to explain, Moon is a superstar and he's been the man who's yes. taken care of all the tech side of this because obviously two gays are not going to be able to do I anything. I can't even switch on a kettle, babes. I'm freaked out by the fact there's a mic <laughs> even now. But, um, and also, as well as being the one who took care of all the technical stuff, he is straight and we did want to have straight representation. It's really important to have that diversity in the podcast community. Yeah, I don't think there are enough straight people represented in the wider media and we want to make a little bit of a difference <laughs> and have Moon. And I think it'll be a good um, mix up of opinions <laughs> when we're talking all our crap to have Moon to say who? <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> What's a douche? <laughs> right, so... Um, I just want to say before we get going, th- thank you to you all for listening. I mean, I am making an assumption that people are listening. And I'm sorry to... I'm so- <laughs> thank you to person for listening. And uh, I'm sorry to everyone I know for pestering you so much about this, but I'm hoping you're going to enjoy this episode and it'll all be worth it. Um, so speaking of which, I think it's we should dive into Let's it. Let's dive right in, babe. So the first queen to enter the workroom is Bag of Chips. And Love her. What an entrance. I mean, she is like a fucking factory of quotes, isn't she? Straight away. Straight away. She says, I'm the queen of the battered sausage and I love to be covered in daddy's sauce. (laughs) She says, I'm unique as fuck, mate. I love gin and tonic, Coronation Street, and a good old shag. Who doesn't? And it's just like... Go after me own art. I feel like Drag Race (laughs) was making a statement with this. Because a lot of people were worried when the show was announced. Like, is it going to be too Americanized, are they going to get I the British humour? No, I completely were right about that. And so they responded to it by, you know who we're putting in first? Bag of chips. And as soon as she's like, I'm a bit like fresh, you can't get rid of me. It just, it tells you everything you need to know. They understand what British drag is, they're representing it. And also one of the main things that Bag proved is that it's not really going to be censored, is it? Yeah, that's what I was worried about. And she, <laughs> straight out of the back, <laughs> straight out of the gate, she says, <laughs> unique as fuck. 
And Not even fuck. Fook. Fook. <laughs> and just about every word that you can imagine to describe a vagine. She says minge tuppence and like <laughs> shitting me knickers straight away. I was getting Lily Savage vibes from her. Oh, really? Yeah, in a good way. And like, oh, they're going to respect old school British drag yeah. of like working men's clubs. Yeah. Down to earth, gritty. Exactly. Says what on the mind, definitely. Bad. Oh God, I could do with a bad sausage now. <laughs> Covered in daddy's sauce. <laughs> but yeah, I think a lot of people thought BBC was a strange home for Drag Race UK and that everyone expected it, including me, to go to like Channel 4 or Channel 5 and be a bit more wild. But really the BBC is quite uncensored. It's it the is. home to quite a lot of outrageous comedy and proving by this episode, they it's a lot more, there's a lot more swear words and kind of sexual references than in the US show. Thank God. Hello, hallelujah. Ooh, our first hallelujah. <laughs> Trademark. So Bag is in. She's made probably one of the most impactful entrances, I think, that the show has ever seen. <laughs> and then we follow it up with Blue Hydrangea from Ireland. I know, our first Irish queen. And what did you think? From Belfast. I'm ready to paint the tine blue. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. By the way, just to warn everyone, I constantly do impressions and most of them are not good but that doesn't stop me from doing them because i think a bad impression <laughs> is just as entertaining if not more as a good impression so you can look forward to plenty of them but um bagger thinks she's from scotland <laughs> <laughs> straight away straight away puts the foot in it it can be hard though sometimes no yeah i was gonna ask do you know are you good at knowing the difference no 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 is that hey no that's australian isn't it no <laughs> <laughs> no. I think I'm, no. I pride myself on knowing the difference, but once in a blue moon, I do get <laughs> blue hydrangea moon. Do you get them <laughs> mixed up and it's like deeply shameful. But I think I can do both accents. I do like, I as do. I proved Irish and then with Scottish, I always go train spotting. Well, come on then. Give us some train spotting. I need a fucking hat, man. <laughs> like, We're not leaving until we find out what can't done that. <laughs> that is not your mega go people in the room. <laughs> <laughs> He is not on the podcast, guys. Just in case you're worried, like, is that Ewan McGregor? What? <laughs> that was Robert Carlyle's character. The first one was Ewan McGregor. <laughs> I know my train spotting. <laughs> and then we have Davina DeCampo. Yes. It's DDC on the BBC. And she says, can they get a season one filter? Which obviously... <laughs> that needs to be an Instagram filter, the season one filter. That's what I need in my life. Me too, my that God. That glow, the softening of the cheekbones, that's what I need. You don't, Charlie, because I'm going to bring up private conversations on the podcast. You got two men fighting over you at McDonald's last night. <laughs> I did get chatted up at McDonald's. You don't need no filter. And McDonald's does not have flattering lighting. So you did well, chicken. <laughs> I did well. You did well, chicken. Thank you, very, <laughs> thank you very much. So uh, Davina DeCampo, straight away, the thing I think she's going to be known for is that laugh. That laugh is amazing. <laughs> it's just so... <laughs> not as piercing as what I just did. <laughs> Can you do it? <laughs> Oh, yours is my, that actually really oh, sounded no, like a... Oh, look at me. I went me. too, too far. You, went, you went too far, you crossed the line, Ed. <laughs> you really crossed that line. Shall I take a time out? I think that's where everyone's going to tell us about. <laughs> <laughs> too far. But um, Davina's confident. She's a seasoned queen. She says, I can sing in four languages in four and a half octaves while doing the splits, so they're bitch. And she, and she lists all her... Um, <laughs> go on, then. Ha! <laughs> Moon, we can cut that. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> and she lists all her show credits and they give her a bit of a shady edit where they do that thing. They do, a little bit of a shade. Oh, it's actually happening on screen. Are we completely in time? Yeah, it seems so. Oh my God, this is insane. I'm not going to jinx it. Sorry, they, um, yeah, they do it where she's listing her credits and they sort of um, 
fade in and fade out as if she's going on forever. Um, so we'll talk about this a bit more later, but it seems like maybe Davina might be getting a little bit of a shady edit. I don't know. It seems so. I don't know why. I love, I, I love her. I think she, she should be confident. She's got a lot of experience behind her. And that laugh. Her boy look is a little scary. It's a little like 1980s National Front, but we'll go for it. <laughs> little... <laughs> I actually laughed at that just then doing Davina's laugh. That's how infected it is. Um, and then we have Crystal, who her entrance line is, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's body dysmorphia. And I'm very angry about this. Oh, we've got an angry Ed. <laughs> you get used to it. Because um, she has kind of stolen that joke from Trixie Mattel. Like, oh. if anybody watches the web series, mm, with Trixie Mattel and Katia, which you should, because it's so funny. One of the like funniest jokes Trixie ever told that's always in the compilations is, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's clinical depression. And like that gets quoted a lot. And then what Crystal has done is taken one of Trixie's funny jokes, tweaked it, and then used it as her fucking entrance line. I'm sorry. For me, that is just out of order. Beyond the pale. It's too much. So, Crystal, you've gone too far on this one. too much. Ed is not happy with the Crystal. Watch out. I'm open to forgiveness. I'm open to letting Crystal back into my life. I sound like an addict now, don't (laughs) (laughs) But um, for the moment, I'm a bit like, I'm going to watch this one. And then she kind of annoys me a bit as well by saying, I don't want to say my drag is cool drag, as you can say you're cool and still be cool, but yeah, it's cool. <laughs> that impression was more Samantha from Sex and the City. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, our first international queen on the show. Yeah, did she say she's born in Canada? Canada, but lived here for 10 years. Yeah, so she has a bit of a mash of Immigration, if you're listening. <laughs> Double check that. <laughs> and then we have... Something Wong. Something Wong. Let's just say best drag name. Best drag name of the series. Ever. <laughs> what would you say is the best drag name you can think of? One I've always loved is Vaseline Dion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, Something Wong. That is, you no longer have the best <laughs> drag name. Charlie's just called, Is that a real drag queen? That's a real it? drag queen in Bristol, I think she was working. Season Vaseline. two, bitch. Season two. Vaseline oh, okay. Dion, we want you. <laughs> So something wrong starts with, did someone order a delivery? Because I'm here to take away the crown. So she's doing the whole kind of um, Asian reference, which a lot of the Asian queens on the American show do as well. Which I like. I, like I think it. use what you got, use what's in your arsenal. Well, I think as, as gay people, you kind of, that's how you grow up, isn't it? Where you are beating people to the joke. Like, exactly. you know, people are going to call you gay. So you kind of make fun of yourself before exactly. anyone else does. That's what it's kind of, I mean, I don't want to get too deep with this. Oh, the therapy the with Ed Dyson, what's going on? But the last few years, as, as the PC culture has got more strong, like it amazes me that some of the younger Drag Race fans embrace that. Cause I'm like, I think that being on PC is what kind of helped us break down barriers. Exactly. So I hope that she doesn't get too much, cause I remember like Manila on the American show got a lot of. And they oh always gosh. have to apologize. Like, no, look at Joan Rivers and Lily Savage. It's all about being on PC. Exactly. Although she does apologize. She says, me so sorry, which is like <laughs> an amazing uh, quote. Um, and then next up we have um, Cheryl Hole. Cheryl Hole. Was one of, um, I'm going to ask you this question, but I'd only heard of before the cast was announced Cheryl Hole and Bagger. What was, what was your I knew of Bagger. I think I saw, she, was it Cheryl on a, what's that Jimmy Cut? Your Face or Mine? I think that's where she? I saw her. Oh. I think I saw her on there with her boyfriend. Oh, really? Yeah. So I think, yeah, the only ones that's I knew were Bagger and uh, Cheryl Hole. Which is good because they easily could have filled it with more well-known names. Like a lot of people are expecting to see Meth. 
Um, I suppose we have crystal. You can have crystal and meth. That'd be a bit bad. But um, <laughs> we don't condone that. Guy. But, and there was don't do drugs. Which is a drug. Well, Jodie Harsh, I think, is t- considers herself too big to be on the show. Yeah. Not that I'm saying she's not, but that's something <laughs> shady. Um, so yeah, those are the only two I'd heard of. But yeah, Cheryl, she's here to represent Essex. Love her. She calls herself a dancing queen, and she does the you f- drag race UK's first ever tongue pop. Did you just try and do it? That's pathetic. Do it. No, that's a click. Yeah. We're not Wait. editing that out. <laughs> what happened? Wait. Wait. What? <laughs> saw your blowjob face. So, my blowjob face is just utter confusion. Like, what is this? What's going on? Okay, I'll just stick, I'll be the one who does the tongue pops. And... There, there we go. I'm showing off now. Um, so, yeah, she does that. But I think um, so a lot of people have said that maybe she kind of was a bit too Alyssa on the way in. She's a dancing queen. She's tongue popping. Maybe she wants okay. to... Too Alyssa is never a bad thing. Oh my God, you're so right. I completely take that with We need more Alyssa. Being too Alyssa Edwards is never bad. <laughs> and next up we have Gothy Kendall. Gothy Kendall, Gothy Kendall. <laughs> She's already got it. She's got the bloody catchphrase. I'm so glad you did that because I wanted to do it but knew that I couldn't. But you did it really well. Can you do it again? Gothy Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think were the catchphrases that she discarded but went with that one? <laughs> no, no, no. no, that's the one. That's yeah. the one, just my name. Yes, <laughs> we are doing it, so it's kind of worth. <laughs> but um, when she comes in, she, uh, she seems shy. She's only 21. And um, I like the fact that Blue says, I thought I was going to be the pretty one. And I'm like, <laughs> in front of everyone else there, who like, clearly you were confident you were prettier than them, but now there's someone else. Exactly. And they're all kind of already starting a bit of a storyline, which we've seen a lot of times on the American show, which is old queens versus young queens. Yeah. Bagger and Davina are like, oh, I feel like I'm dropping off the kids. And so I feel like that's going to be maybe the storyline of the season, um, which I always quite like. I always side with the older queens, even though I'm very young myself. You are, you're only 16, Ed. <laughs> Thank you. We're, we're definitely keeping that in. Exactly. <laughs> you just come straight from school, didn't you? <laughs> no, Carrying your books. <laughs> um, and next up we have Vinegar Strokes, who I think has an amazing entrance line. She does. I didn't just become a bit of a slag, I became a total slag. Oh, <laughs> iconic. We love you, just Jessie Wallace. Yeah, so once I read that online, but I didn't get that as a reference. You thought she'd made that up? On, I, I knew it was a reference to something, oh. but so did Cats like to say that in EastEnders? That was, a, that was a genuine line of dialogue in EastEnders. What year is this? Because I used to be in our EastEnders Obsessive. I think it was like... Ain't um, your mother years? No, later. Much later. Oh, maybe it's after I stopped. It was after Alfie Moon, I think. Oh. I, th- I want to say like five, six years. I'd clocked out by then because I used to work at a soap magazine and it put me off soap so then I stopped. But before that, I would have known that quote. Ah, so it's a reference. It is. But again, it warmed my heart because it was like... It's a good reference. It's a good British-specific reference. (laughs) I was hoping it was going to be campy and now they're referencing, you know, Jesse Wallace and Cat Slater and EastEnders. That's what I wanted. It doesn't get more drag than that, does it? Um, And she reveals herself as someone who already is successful because she is in... Um, everybody's talking about Jamie. Great musical. I loved it. I loved it. It's so... Did you see Michelle in it or not? I didn't see Michelle in it. I saw it pre-Michelle. Um, I see pre-Bianca as well. I never saw Bianca either. Yeah, because Bianca was post-Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> post-Michelle! Is that how you measure your timeline? <laughs> Post-Michelle! Um, but yeah, it's great. And they're, they're making Jesus. it into a film. <laughs> <laughs> 
A.M. B.M. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're making that into a film, which I can't wait for. Um, Sound is. <laughs> can't wait for can't that. Wait for that <laughs> but they're already talking about, are the Queen's... Um, is Michelle Visage going to give Vinegar Strokes a bit of a pass? That's already kind of bubbling in the workroom. Like, oh, you know Michelle. Are you a yeah. favourite? That's a bit of a worry. Do you... I wondered if there was a kind of BBC having all these crazy rules that they have to, like, announce... Because it's a competition yeah. whether they have to make it explicit that the contestant knew the judge. That's so true. I genuinely thought it was like a BBC, like, oh my God, we've got to be balanced. We've got to have... It could also be a response to the American show because in the, in the past, like, the American show has been criticised for, like, when Raja won, it came out afterwards that Raja was quite good friends with RuPaul. Yeah. There's been a few instances like that over the years. Yeah. But um, I don't think it's much of a worry because if anyone watched All Stars 2 and saw Michelle laying into a Dordalano, who was one of her best friends. It shows that Michelle really doesn't give you a free pass. Yeah. If anything, she goes even harder on you. Um, See, so yeah, I think Vinegar, well, we're going to find out if Vinegar doesn't get a free pass. And I love a bit of leopard print. I'm glad to see a bit of leopard print. Now. Everything must be leopard print. That's a <laughs> reference to an Alaska Thunderfuck song, in case you guys just think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> um, next up, we have Scaredy Cat. Scaredy Cat, our very first. Well, I was going to say straight queen, but we don't even know. Straight, by who cares now? I think she's maybe like pansexual. Same. She hasn't told me this. I'm just <laughs> labelling people now freely. Um, she does a cat hiss on the way in, which I guess makes sense. The makeup's gorgeous. They've got to give her that. It is. It's kind of her signature paint, which obviously is a good time to do that on the entrance. She's 19 years old. Such a baby. Youngest ever, right? In the world. In the world. <laughs> well, in America, you're not allowed on the show till you're 21. So yeah, this, oh. they wouldn't, um, Tatiana, I believed, on season two lied before she was 21 about her age. So she got on when she was 20. But yeah, Scaredy Cat now is the youngest in the whole franchise. Oh, wow. Well done for you. I know. She's only been doing it for 11 months. Uh, she has a girlfriend called Pussy, and um, I don't know why I said it like that, sorry. <laughs> I think just the thought of Pussy revolts me so much, I have to put it in a cute voice. Pussy! <laughs> and um, she's never performed. Yeah. Also, her boy look, can we talk about how pal she is? I thought it was Twilight. I thought it was Tilda Swinton. It's like, <laughs> there's a few cases where the boy looks look more drag than the drag. I know. <laughs> It's crazy. And this is the straight one. Uh, this is the straight one. I got to say, I did think she was an apparition at first. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? It was scary. I had to turn the lights down. I must admit. <laughs> but why, why do you think she was chosen as someone who hasn't performed? That's a bit of an odd choice. Do you think, I don't know if it was, was it a gimmick to have like the first straight queen? That's exactly what I thought. But I kind of just wanted you to say it. <laughs> no. Now that's the tea. That's the tea. That's the tea. Confirmed. Confirmed. We speculated and then confirmed it ourselves. <laughs> we verify our own rumours on this show. That's how we roll. Our legal team is very busy already. And then we have our last queen entering the workroom, which I always think is kind of a, the show saying, this is someone to watch. Like the last Yeah, person. they always say the best, one of the best to last. First and last. So it's Bagger and Vivian have been given probably the two prime slots. Oh my God, we're still totally in time. And um, she says, don't get too comfy, girls. This is going to take two minutes. And it's like, she's entered with confidence. She looks amazing. Super confident. And um, you said that, um, who did you say reminded you of Paula Grady? Uh, I thought um, Bagger, Bagger Chips. Bagger, yeah. I thought Bagger had that like saucy, rough, Daddy sauce. But it's also impossible not to get it from the Vivian because, I mean, the accent alone. Oh, yeah. The echoes of Paula Grady. I mean, in the UK, Paula Grady really is as much of a huge 
influence over drag as RuPaul is in America. And it's kind of almost a little bit weird that she's in no way involved in the show. Although it was rumoured at one point she was going to guest. Because I, I read an interview that she hates the American show. She does. She's criticised it many times. I think she's probably been asked to go on the American show, but she doesn't like the format of judging and the idea that you're kind of being... Um, that looks, she feels, are yeah. prioritised over performance. But then you only have to look at this episode to show that they are getting British drugs. I wonder if Paula Grady might change you her might mind. Change I mind. hope so. Oh, come on, Paul. We love you. And if not, we don't need Paul because we've got the Vivian now. Exactly. New, Lily Savage, new, 0.20. Was she, I was getting a little cocky Bob the Drag Queen vibes, though. Oh, my God, you're so right. Yeah, you know when you're just... Like, <laughs> but then she did get um, crowned the drag ambassador. So she's kind of already got a bit of a advantage but yeah i don't like when a queen completely steamrolls like goes into what do they call it showboating yeah but um we'll have to wait and see whether that happens we'll see if she slips up or not and then we get the grand entrance rupaul in her boy look um oh no she does her video message first doesn't she and she changes it to her majesty done already done had hers is <laughs> terribly impressive <laughs> RuPaul's not in the room either, guys. I know you're confused. <laughs> like, was that him? <laughs> and um, we have kind of predictable that the video message, the first thing they're referencing is the Queen. Um, so it's obvious the challenges are going to be about her. Um, do you think that Queen Elizabeth is watching? Oh, 100%. She loves a bit of eye player, the Queen. <laughs> but, yeah. She doesn't work, does she? So she's not got much to do. <laughs> I, I was imagining Prince Philip watching, going like, Yes, Queen! <laughs> Can you imagine that? In between, like, mowing people down on his car. He probably does watch it on his phone. That's what he was watching on his phone when he crashed the car. <laughs> he, had a, he had a bit of drag race on his phone. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. Ben de la Creme limited herself, and it just, like, <laughs> crashed the car. It was a bit of a car crash for us all that day, wasn't it, really? <laughs> and um, then, after the video message, Rue enters, and she says, I've personally fingered each one of you, which is um, showing that she's definitely down with the British sense of humour. Exactly. And then she reveals... This is a bit controversial, isn't it? The prize of the show, which is um, they don't <laughs> they don't get a hundred thousand dollars like in America. They get their own digital series in Hollywood, which is um, produced by World of Wonder. So it's kind of like those shows like uh, and Prolaska and Cool Mom. They get a YouTube show in America, which sly anticlimax. Let's call a spade a spade. It's a shit prize, isn't it? I mean, it is. Some of the uh, I mean, it's a good thing for them to have, but as an ultimate prize for the show. Um, considering some of the queens who are out first in America get a show with the World of Wonder on YouTube. So it's a bit of an anticlimax, but we know the reason, don't we? The BBC. It's the BBC. They're not allowed to give cash prizes because obviously it's our hard-earned money. money. Well, not mine, but other people's. <laughs> <laughs> Why, do you not pay taxes? Do pay TV licenses? <laughs> Moon, can we edit this better? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> No, I do. I just paid them recently. It's awful. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> which actually I'm going to sulk for a bit it's a good time to go for a break but um, just to let you know what we've got coming up later we have an interview with probably one of the most successful um, winners of all time no actually the most successful winner of all time Bianca Del Rio Woo! who you watched recently at Wembley didn't you? Amazing Did you love? Killed it You lived? Lived <laughs> Loved Loved And we also have a chat with this week's Eliminated Queen which um, is <gasps> I feel like I don't want to spoil it, but if you've listened to this, obviously you watched the episode. It'd be very weird to think I'm going to watch the episode after I've listened to the recap. Um, but I'm still not going to say it. I We're not going to say it. Leave them suspense. Tease it. Tease them. <laughs> but Tease right now we, um, we have an exclusive word from one of the most famous women in the country, Cheryl. 
no, not whole, but Cheryl Tweedy Cole Fernandez Vecini Payne. Here she is. Hiya, it's Cheryl, your latest judge on Drag Race UK. Yes, it's true. I've been asked and I looked at the project and I thought, wow, we, this is amazing. So I said yes and I'll do it. I will do it a couple of times and if I like it, I'll do it more. Because I think the Drag Race UK is a fantastic thing that I want to judge. And I've got nothing else on at the moment. And I'm actually really desperate for gigs. So if there's anything else you need me judging on, please ask. Please. Seriously. I'm desperate now. Please ask. Anything. I'll judge. I'll judge anything. Um, I want to thank um, the guy who did that impression, because I have to point out that was an impression, so we don't get <laughs> even more lost. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's at Zoppermans, which is at Z-O-P-P-E-R-M-A-N-S. Oh my God, sorry. <laughs> did it again? <laughs> sorry, I, I burped during the rehearsal and I've just done it again, but it's going to happen, so we're just going to have to leave those in. It's... Just leaving the burps, guys. This is all tea. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday morning. I don't know why that's an excuse. <laughs> Saturday morning. <laughs> I always burp on Saturday mornings. It's my routine. I'm not changing it for this podcast. It is who I am. Take me as I am. So yeah, at Zopperman's um, for your comedy impressions. He's great. Thank you for doing that, Thank Ed. Um, and we are diving into this week's first mini challenge and we get introduced to the Brick Crew who are in military gear. They are. Sexy. <laughs> Sexy. Nice helmets, as Vinegar Stroke says. <laughs> Yes, and you you met them recently. I have met them. Shout out to the Brit crew from <laughs> Jimbox Changing Rooms. Are we um, are we allowed to mention, or should we save that? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, well, we may be chatting to them soon. <laughs> and um, the the queens get told that they're doing a photo shoot, which is a video postcard called "Off with Your Head." And they'll be modelling with their own severed head in two categories, body, oddy, oddy, and face, face, face. So, um, yeah, they're pretty much just begging for head jokes there, aren't they? Which, obviously, they get. <laughs> and um, they go, do they go in the, yeah, the same order as they entered? <laughs> Sorry. And um, Bagger comes in first. She says, I hope my tuppence isn't on show. Feed the birds. Feed <laughs> the birds. And it kind of feels like she's showing a shtick at the moment, which is very tuppence related. And it's kind of reminding me a bit of Vanjie in the last season of the American show, where it's just constantly like, hey, how I'm doing like. She's always on. So do you think we'll get, do you think she'll get the, the obvious line, show us your vulnerability? I, I think it's, she might get like, we're getting a bit one note. We want to sh- see some more versatility. Can you do gla- Can you do glamour? Can you do glamour? Cry for us. But she definitely passes for now. And we get, um, Blue Hydro... I was going to say Blue Cantrell then. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'd love a bit of Blue Cantrell. I wonder what happened to her. Do you know she used, she used to do porn, didn't she? Oh, really? Tweet us. <laughs> what are you up to, Blue? <laughs> We're ever on the show. I'm just promising all kinds of guests at the moment that aren't, aren't confirmed. <laughs> so um, I think Blue gets saved by RuPaul here because she um, does kind of a shitty line but then RuPaul says it almost sounds like Cher and then she turns it into I'm Cher's decapitated head bitch and then that kind of works doesn't it so she gets Ru to the rescue Ruscue Ruscue no to the Ruscue (laughs) how cute is that to the Ruscue and then we get Davina DeCampo and she goes E is that what I look like from down here there's no more carbonara for you you fat bastard do you think solid it works solid line (laughs) what would you do by the way 
If I, I would, so if I had head removed, I would, <laughs> what would I do? I think I would, um, uh, I would try and do, do you know the Kardashian <laughs> champagne? The what? Do you know the Kardashian champagne pose? Oh, and have like yeah. my head on my bum. But what would my... Rimming my, yourself. Rimming myself. <laughs> At last. That would be... <laughs> you wouldn't need to leave the house then, would you? Exactly. Because <laughs> I only leave the house for rimming. That's, that's the one reason I do leave the house. <laughs> Bread, milk and rimming. Oh, we're being grosser than I even thought we were. And I thought we were going to be pretty gross. Uh, that's not bad. My thing. bad. My bad. Bread, milk and rimming. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would maybe make a Henry VIII reference. Oh, okay. That sounds like something that would get a shade rail, like... <laughs> Tumbleweed. <laughs> this is why I'm not on the show. Just recapping. <laughs> Next we get Crystal, who surprised me because she did better than I thought. She did. She did like, what? You would too if you could. And then licks her lips. Because I kind of thought she seemed quite shy and she might do what kind of Goffy ends up doing. Yeah, she's got quite a good phone sex voice, no? Yeah, I'm sure that's what she does in real life. Am I the, am I the only one aroused? No? <laughs> that rumour is confirmed, guys. Thank you. <laughs> By ourselves and then and then we get cheryl who's is a bit crap she says guys i said i want to be fed not off with my head doesn't make any sense but i love her. it rhymes and you know a lot of people do this in the reading challenge on the us show when they can't think of a read they'll just be like do something that rhymes yeah. the thing about you you look like poo and it'd be like that's just because it rhymes doesn't make it witty <laughs> and then we have gothy <laughs> it's really who funny. killed me absolutely killed me the enthusiasm from gothy <laughs> should we both uh, give it a go you first me i give better head than all the queens here <laughs> even my impression i think was too Dude. enthusiastic <laughs> for what gothy did can you get it at that okay let me try and get it at that monotone me i give the best head of the competition you did it definitely better. <laughs> you misquoted, but you got the tone just right. Thanks, I'm an actor. But she does the one thing you need to do on Drag Race, which is she makes Rue... Oh, I just hit the mic. She makes Rue laugh, which is kind of like a free pass. Even though she Always does. make Rue laugh. Yeah, even when offering the most reluctant blowjob of all time, make Rue laugh. And then we get Vinegar Strokes, who says, I've always been told the best head is on your hands and knees. Thanks, Mum. I think it doesn't quite land. I think I don't think it does, but I think it's a good line. It's it okay. Be. Yeah, it had potential, but I think they're all a bit nervous. It's the first challenge. You are going to be nervous. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, <laughs> well, there's no nerves on the next one. Scaredy cat. She goes balls out. Balls um, <laughs> <Arse> out. Well, <laughs> <laughs> she decides to uh, shit her head out, and then she gives the quote. I think I've just shit myself. <laughs> Which leads to probably my favourite line of the episode, which is when RuPaul just says, you're watching the BBC. <laughs> which I think is what I'm going to do now whenever we say something gross, like we just did rimming. We're just like, you're watching the BBC. You're listening to United Queendom. <laughs> so yeah, again, she seemed shy, so I'm surprised she went there, but she went there. And then we have something Wong. She's milking her breast and suckling it. Oh, with a big breastplate. Yeah. Are you a breastplate queen? No, I don't like that. I'm not. I like an illusion. I like a makeup illusion of a breast. Oh, I don't know. I, I just like an old stuffed bra. Oh, okay. <laughs> not even in drag. That's okay. just, if anyone's thinking of sending me presents, I just like a stuffed bra. Um, she said, this would be difficult, but not impossible to pleasure yourself too. <laughs> <laughs> 
was a bit hesitant there. Um, I don't think that really works. <laughs> it's good job I'm not a judge on the show. I'm so bitch. <laughs> I don't think that really works. And then we have the Vivian, and she does. Um, she goes for an odd choice. She does a Michael Caine impression. It is an odd person to go for. Not exactly a camp icon, Michael Caine. No. <laughs> it's a weird. So then gets corrected, thankfully. Yeah, I think again, Rue comes to the rescue. Res what did we say? The rescue. <laughs> Why do I keep changing that? It's always shit, no matter what pun I go for. The rescue. The rescue. The rest <laughs> um, She suggests Maggie Smith, which she does. Then she suggests Cardi B, and Vivian does not even an impression of Cardi B, but just adds oh, at the end, which is enough these days. But then, finally, the she ultimate. does. What we've all been waiting for the whole series before even the episode began, you knew this was coming up at some point in the series. It's so true because she's been milking that impression more than something Wong has been milking that big fake tea. <laughs> but, but of course you're going to milk it, and I would too because it's fucking amazing. It is yeah. so spot on. It is so good. The first time I saw her do it, I thought she. It was on Instagram or something, and I thought she was um, lip syncing, yeah, to a voiceover. It is because it's so fucking good. uncanny, and I've been practicing my impression all week, and I can't wait to hear it. It's not good. But I'm so jealous of her impression. So yeah. here, we here we go, people. Here we go. Horrible, horrible girl. <laughs> was, it, was it good? That was good. It's not Vivian. It's not the Vivian. Wait, can I give a go? Yes. Filth. <laughs> Filth. You sound more like Phil Mitchell, but we're in the right ballpark. They're similar people. <laughs> I always get them too confused. Always get them too confused. <laughs> Phil Mitchell and Kim Woodburn. Both into dogging. Um, <laughs> Uh, verified. <laughs> Just check the lawyers, that is confirmed. And then we find out who wins, which is Scaredy Cat. Did you agree with that? You know what? Possibly. I, I had a soft spot for Vinegar Strokes there. Really? I did. I know. Controversial. You weren't a fan. No. I who would have you given it to? I think the best one was... Sorry, I'm going to have to go back in the notes. Did I like anyone? Davina, I think Davina should have won the mini challenge. Um, the carbonara comment. I just just because you love a bit of carbonara. I do. I'm so hungry. <laughs> so I keep burping. My, my burping excuses are not working at all. <laughs> um, and but do we think that mini challenges really even matter in the grand scheme of? No, they don't. Usually on the American show, they're often used to kind of cause drama. So they'll do it just to ruffle feathers or to have team captains that kind of. Um, set up more of a conflict exactly. in the show yeah which works this time because scaredy now has an ego even though she doesn't really perform just <laughs> maybe you don't need loads of experience to do this maybe you just need talent <laughs> the shade and davina's annoyed so she just got birthed what that's about so again davina maybe getting a bit of villain edit um but then we move on to the maxi challenge and we uh, are told that they're going to have to produce a classic look of queen elizabeth's um, so what would you do if you were given this challenge? I'm going to ask you this every week, by the way, so prepare yourself. Prepare myself. Do you have to come with the outfit? <laughs> we're spending a lot of money on this. <laughs> Please do that. We're both I... in gowns right now. <laughs> <laughs> if I took a Queen Liz outfit, what do I like? I think maybe I'd do a, a Liz, like a 2000s Liz, where she had like a bright, maybe like a pink pastel suit. I do love a bit of pink. Well, that gets done quite a lot on the runway. It is. I'd kind of do a Cheryl Hole, but better. Well, it won't be hard to do better. We will get to that. <laughs> Not be hard. Yeah, that's what I maybe would do. Did no one do her like coronation outfit? Yeah, I think Gothy oh, did. So clearly, that didn't okay. go well. Um, Who would you do? 
I think I would do Queen Elizabeth during the era when um, she killed Princess Diana. I thought that was a really good fashion era for her. (laughs) I thought she looked really confident during that era because she was was killing it. Literally. (laughs) Um, um, Just uh, to say, that's not true. (laughs) We're not confirming that word. I can see like a red laser appearing on my forehead now. Exactly. I'm next. This is going to be played as the last we ever heard of it. People would be relieved, I'm sure. And the, um, and the second look they have to do is their hometown looks. So what would you do for that? Well, I'm an Essex boy. So... Ovs. Ovs. Plates. Tell vibes. Um, <laughs> this is why you like Cheryl so much. You're being really biased. I am being biased. And this is the BBC. <laughs> so that other counties are available. Um... <laughs> um I would have to be a bit of pink. I think, I just like, I thought Cheryl's Essex that was good. Fake tan, smudging it on the dress. Bright, she could have done bigger with her hair. Oh, do you know what I would have done? Do you remember when Gemma Collins wore that, like, the shoulder pads? Like, the, she looked like an American yes. football player. I would have done that. That, like, orange wrinkly look. Orange wrinkly look. Scrotum. Massive shoulder pads. Bitch, you are Five the winner weeks. of this week's challenge. I would have been the winner. I would have walked it. Although, I, I don't like your queen look, but I like your hometown. <laughs> Thank you. What is your hometown look? Well, mine's terrible because I was trying to think on the way here and I'm from Huddersfield, which isn't known for much. (laughs) Glamour, not known for glamour, no. (laughs) Um, But I was Googling, I should know because I'm from there, but I was Googling what it's famous for. (laughs) I was trying to find out where it is. And um, it's the birthplace of rugby league. So I think I would do a Glamazonian version of a rugby league outfit. (laughs) <laughs> and then I would do a bend of the creme and send myself home not to be fair but just because I realised I was so shit just come as a rugby ball <laughs> just, just come as padding or not I don't know just take my corset off and um, so then we get to the point which is always fun on the first episode which is where they're all undressing everyone's going from drag to boys um, and they're all talking about how British drag is different uh, they're not as polished as in America they don't all have um, their brows done on, they leave their chest hair on. Uh, what do you think of the difference? You know, I was really hoping before the series started that they would celebrate how British drag comes from that stand-up and how it is just touring around working men's clubs in like the 60s and 80s. With so. hairy legs. Exactly, with hairy legs. And it's all about being quick-witted, thinking on your feet, emceeing a night. And I'm glad that it seems to be honouring the queens in that way. And it's not all about doing an Instagram look. Yeah. So I'm happy, I, I'm happy they're celebrating that drag. Yeah, me too. It's just whether the judges will kind of, well, we get to that later, but whether they take that into account or whether they judge by the standards of the American show. Um, and then we find out that boy bagger looks the same as girl bagger. Girl bagger, literally the same. Possibly even more feminine. <laughs> the, the Vivian has clipping teeth, which I didn't realise. I know, it was like Halloween teeth. Oh, we're right on time again. Sorry, I'm never going to stop being impressed by the fact that we're doing this right in time to the episode. Um, and then, but then Goffy reveals that she's insecure about her teeth and gives a quote that I enjoy, which is, teeth are always something that's in the back of my head. I'm like, well, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't realise it's a funny quote, but I was like, you missed an opportunity for a joke there. <laughs> and then, sorry, I just snorted. Um, sk- all, the bodily, all the bodily noise today. And more to come. <laughs> Coming up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Coming up, my dinner yesterday. Um, <laughs> scaredy Cat, um, she's from Wiltshire and says she's never... I can't get over this. She's never even been to a drag performance. It's a lot. I don't know how you start doing drag. You've never been to drag performance. You've never performed before. It's just bizarre. And I just... 
I can't, I mean, like we said earlier, it must be just the fact that she's straight and has a girl. <laughs> straight people, man, the worst. <laughs> well, not that why she hasn't done it, but why she was cast. Because I'm like, it, surely no one else would ever be cast having not been to a drag performance or performed themselves. I have to say, the makeup is impressive, though, for someone who... Yeah, and a lot of people now are doing it just from their bedrooms, because you've got Instagram and tutorials, and you don't need to be out and about making a show of yourself. <laughs> Horrible, horrible girl! Sorry, sorry. I'm just gonna randomly start doing that through the show. <laughs> uh, they all the queens start talking about whether they like the royals. So, what's your opinion on? I love them. Really? Give me more royals. I want all the royals. Who's your favourite? Who's my favourite royal? Oh, it's Prince George. <laughs> Prince George. You would pick the gay one. That's not fair. Is that fair? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. People joke that, but that's not really fair, is it? Especially now. It's that... not really fair to <laughs> label him as in gay. his own time. <laughs> he might be non-binary. He might be a they. We don't know. Um, I on the opposite end of the coin, which is a bit of a... opposite <laughs> end of the coin. That's not saying is it's it. It's not. <laughs> the coin is not that big. No. Horrible, horrible girl. Um, on the other end of the stick, is that saying either? To <laughs> the stick, babes. <laughs> What are these phrases? Maybe in Huddersfield. I don't know. Are they end of the stick? We invented rugby league, you know. <laughs> um, I hate the royals. I couldn't give two... Well, I don't hate them. I actually... Hate is passion. I do not give two shits about them. I yeah. just have no interest. The only time That's I'm interest. ever interested in the royals is when Prince Harry's nudes leak. And that is like... <laughs> until that happens again, I'm completely checked out. I don't care when they have a baby. I don't care when they get married. I don't fucking care. Oh. Yeah. So what you bitter feel. Betty over here. I'm not bitter. <laughs> don't get it twisted. I just don't, I'm not interested. Do you not think they add to the, the gaiety of the nation? Oh, no. I, yeah, I should point that out. I am pro-royal. I know that didn't sound like from that point. <laughs> right. I'm not one of those people who right, wants to I'm get rid of them. I think that they bring more than they take. So I'm not one of those people who's like, get rid of them, we pay for them, da da da. Yeah. I just personally don't find what they're doing in their private lives interesting. Okay. I like having them at the big events or whatever. Olympics, I don't know what they do, but <laughs> when there's a story in the paper like Kate Middleton did this, I don't give a shit. Do you know she wore, she wore a coat more than once the other day? Can you believe uh, that? I take it back, I'm gagged. <laughs> yes, gagged back. and gooped. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's a whole other podcast. Um, Davina says that, um, Davina, Divina? Divina, Divina. Divina de Campo. Sorry, I don't know. Babes, you lost all control of English. <laughs> <laughs> On the other end of the stick, stick. I can't speak. <laughs> Um, she says there's no gay scene in Brig Abs. Um, and I, being from Huddersfield, I know there's no gay scene, gay scene? No gay scene there anymore. Um, and it's, it does really make me sad that those local gay bars are all disappearing, because that was a big part of my... Why are they disappearing? What happened? Because you're childhood! Well, like How six to eight, I was... <laughs> you were in the gay clubs! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> no, when Darling, I was 16, I did used to go to the gay bars, that's where I found my community. <laughs> They didn't accept me, but I found them. <laughs> I could see them from across the bar. Um, yeah, what but... was a gay bar like in Huddersfield? Oh, there was a... Oh, that takes me back. There was one called Chad's and I absolutely Chads. loved it. We used to go there for karaoke, me and my friend Gemma, and we just had a blast. And that's where I had my first kisses, my first... No, no, this is really gross then. You're watching the BBC. Um, but now that's shut and all the gay bars that have tried to open oh, have failed. And it's because... All the young people are just on the apps. They don't need to go to a bar to meet anyone. They don't. And I think it's disgusting. 
disgusting. That's my two cents. And um, on that note, I think we're heading to our next break. And we have a little advert coming up, and it's from my dear friend Katrina Innes, who's advertising her novel. But I won't advertise it for her because she's about to do it herself. Um, so, yeah, let's go to a break. Thank you. Woo! Thank you. Have you ever been tempted to lie about your life online? That's what Caitlin Carter does, except she's built an entire business on it. And now it's about to come tumbling down. The Matchmaker, the debut novel by me, Katrina Innes, is out on November the 28th, published by Trapeze. It's a story of love, loss and loneliness in an era of social media and dating apps. I've been told it makes people laugh and cry, so get your pre-orders in now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, we are, we've made the decision to split our huge episode, which is two hours long, into two parts, which has nothing to do with the fact we want to double the downloads for our first week figures. So that's the end of part one. Uh, for the rest of the episode, um, we'll be featuring our interview with Bianca Del Rio and Gothi Kendall. And thanks so much for listening.